You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good afternoon to all my fellow pet lovers out there, and uh, I am Jeff Werber, and you are here with me for the next half hour on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio, the number one, the best pet life radio show, best animal radio show, animal show, period, out there. And I know there's been some sort of uh, uh, cooperation now. We have a nice thing going with uh, iHeartRadio, which is really cool. So uh, hopefully more of you out there listening to us here on PetLifeRadio.com, where you can actually call us directly. That's right. You can, if you have any, any questions about your pets, you can call me right now, right near, live, 877-385-8882. And I'll see if I can help you out with your pet problems. And I always say, if I can't, then I have a huge, huge network of experts out there, and we will get an answer for you, and we will share that answer with you next week. Also, for those of you who have um, not called in yet, those of you who are thinking about it, those of you that have been too nervous, there's an extra added bonus in that one of our sponsors, our ProSense Pet Products, will be sending you out a free product for your dog or cat just for calling in and asking us a question. You don't have to call. You can send us an email Send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. Or if you're listening to us right now on Skype, you can just kind of key in your little uh, box. Or your, if you're online right now, Pet Life Radio, you know, at the bottom it says, talks about the friends. You can go ahead and says, click here to join the conversation. Go ahead and join the conversation right now. And we will be uh, happy to um, share your question with everybody else. You know, here as I was getting ready for the show, I was just listening to uh, to Deb Wolf and and some really great information about you know how to approach strange dogs. You know, I I often have the moniker they call me the I heard you're an expert in aggressive dogs, as if to say I did a residency in aggressive dogs after veterinary school. And the truth of the matter is, no, I didn't. But if we can understand where they're coming from. I'm known as the kissy doctor because I get more tongue than anybody I know. And I'm licked in the face all the time. And in my 30 years, 30 years, I was literally bitten once, well, twice in the face. Once when I was a little kid, I was five and I stepped on my sleeping Doberman. He didn't think that was a very cool idea. And um, he kind of awakened from his sleep with his mouth around my face. But short of that, in all my years, I've only been bitten once in the face, and I wasn't even sticking my face into this dog's face. I was actually talking to the owner, and the dog was in the car. It was the, I had walked out to talk to the owner. She was in the car with her pit bull cross, obviously known to be a little bit aggressive, and I um, didn't want to talk to them in, the, in a noisy, crazy waiting room, so I told him to go out to the car. I'll come out in a minute, so I walked outside. And uh, the dog comes and greets me, sticks his head out the window, gives me a lick like it always did. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to the owner, and he just jumped and grabbed me right on the lower lip. So I um, called my good friend, the plastic surgeon. You'd never know to look at me now. But, you know, typically, you just got to read dogs. There was, a, I'm sure many of you have seen this video, the tape that uh, was all over the Internet from this newscaster. And they were doing some pet adoption piece or something. And this, they brought on a pit bull. Now, understand, this is a pit bull that's up for adoption. How much do we know about the history of this dog? And the answer is zero. And you are a news person. You are not an animal person. So how much do you know about the art of truly reading a dog's body, posturing, things like that? 
Well, anyway, she gets on and she sticks her face, grabs him by the, the head, sticks her face right in his dog's face. And he did what many dogs in that position might do in that environment with uh, lights and cameras and lots of people and strange people and just literally bit right into her face. It was caught live on TV. And as I said, it was all over the internet for long. You could still you know, easily Google it. But that was really not the smart thing to do. And you have to realize that if you are going to work with dogs, you need to learn to how to approach them, read their position of their ears, read their tail, read the hackles on their back. They start getting stiff as you're approaching them. That is not a good sign. So, you know, just knowing this, it would just alleviate a lot of issues. If you're going up there, you know, Deb gave great advice. You don't want to go up to a dog that you don't know and start whacking them on. You know, let them sense you. Get low. You know, don't be a threat to them. Just, uh, you know, it's amazing how well these dogs can do. And, I, and you need to be in control. I had this dog come in actually just last week. And the reason it came to me is because the last two veterinarians wouldn't let the dog in their office anymore. And I told the owner, I'm not worried. Just bring the dog in. And um, we're going to meet outside, not in the office. Eliminate some of the smells and some of the, the sounds. And um, as I walked up and I approached her, the dog, of course, took the posturing. And I told her in advance that I'm going to come up to her and she's going to, almost like passing the baton and to hand me the leash. So this dog doesn't realize that this pass had taken place. And I start walking away from her. And now I have the leash. And I call the dog by name, and I do a little heel. And as I'm walking with this dog, and he's, he's really doing pretty well, I'm sort of inching my hand down the leash to where the leash attaches to the collar. And ultimately, as on a sit, I'm starting to pet him just gently behind the ears, on top of the head, you know, a little rub, neck rub. Well, literally within not even 10 minutes, I'm kneeling down. I examine this dog, including the mouth, gave him medication, gave him a shots, and not even one attempt. I must, obviously, the dog knows that I'm no longer a threat. And the dog obviously was afraid at Elsewhere Animal Hospital and wasn't afraid with us because of the way I sort of set the tone from the beginning. And if you do it, it's really, most dogs out there are not really aggressive. I mean, there are some dogs that, and you can tell, you can tell the difference between invading a dog's space and having them become somewhat of a fear biter, all right, or even an aggressive biter, but only when you invade their space versus a dog that you walk into a room and they're going to run across the room and lunge at you. That is a problem dog. But most of them, the vast majority, 95, 98% are not like that. And also, by the way, what's also amazing about dogs is they read us way better than we read them. And they can read our fear. They can read our anxiety. And if you are timid around an aggressive dog, oh my gosh, this dog is definitely going to take advantage. So again, you have to kind of know how to read them and how to work around them. And if you do, that relationship is just going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal relationship. Anyway, so if you're out there, and if I would like to hear from you, you can send me an email, call us. I want to know if any of you, 877-385-8882, what kind of experience any of you have had. I'm sure there are very few dog lovers, very few dog trainers, and very few veterinarians out there that have never been bitten by a dog or a cat. I know you have, so don't lie. I want to hear the story. I want to hear what happened. And when this happened, have you sort of thought about the circumstance and said, oh, I know what I did. I mean, I had one classic one, and you know, Deb mentioned something about a Rottweiler. And, and again, I see a lot of Rottweilers. Now, I don't see that many more because they aren't that popular anymore. But 10, 15 years ago, you know, sort of back in the 80s for sure, and the early 90s, Rottweilers, I, they, they were at one point sort of like the 40th most popular dog on AKC's top 50. 
And then they worked their way down to 11, number 11, most popular dog in the U.S. in the AKC. So, I mean, every other dog that would come into my office was a Roddy. And uh, I remember a very, very aggressive Rottweiler, and many of them are and were. And I'm doing my magic, working my magic on this dog, and he was actually really good. And one trick is never take your eyes off of the dog's face, behavior, body. And I'm sitting and talking to the owner. At this point, I'm sort of kneeling down. I got him under the chin. He softened. Everything was good. And I, I made the cardinal mistake and I took my eyes off of him. And sure enough, as I'm petting him and talking to the owner, my attention is at the owner now. And he just turns around and gives me just a little nibble on the hand. Fortunately, it wasn't that bad. But uh, he got me He got me pretty good. Didn't need stitches or anything. And I felt like such an idiot. I broke my own rule. I broke my own rule, which was don't ever ever take your eyes off this dog. Anyway, we have a caller coming in at the 877-385-8882. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hi. This is Ellen. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, good. And you have a question for me or a comment? Oh, yes. So I was just going to ask you, my cat, who's a fairly large cat, uh-huh. um, has been on the light style food you know, for the last, oh, probably eight years, and he's okay. about 11 years old now. And when you say um, a fairly large cat, what is, so we have an 11-year-old male, I assume male uh-huh. neutered, male neutered, and yes. um, when you say a fairly large, let's put it into perspective for our audience. Are we talking okay. 15 pounds or 25 pounds? No, more like 16 pounds. Okay, all right. See, for two of my cats, that's actually small. But uh, yeah. well, our house cat here at the hospital is 24 pounds, and one of my cats wow. at home is 22 pounds, and another one is 20 pounds. So I'm used to it's big cats. Yeah. It is all it's relative. It is all relative. Hey, so you have a big 11-year-old cat. He's eating light food. and So he's now um, from last year to this year, and he's been eating light food for many years, but he's probably lost about a pound. So maybe okay. he's 15 pounds now and right. 16 pounds. So I was just, my question was just at some point, you know, his whole life or his, most of his adult life, he's been on the light food because the vet was worried that, you know, he was just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and be too fat. But right. at about 16 pounds or so, he seemed okay for the size of cat he was. Right. And he's been stable at that weight for a long time. But as he's getting a little older, I was wondering at some point, how would you decide that he should not be on the light food anymore or not? Well, here's the thing. First of all, at 11 years of age, you probably, if you haven't already, you should be having a, a really a full physical sooner than later. And that's where they take mm-hmm. blood and urine. Obviously, we're always worried about kidneys with these older cats. Always worried about diabetes, uh, especially larger cats. Cats are known to have what's called type 2 diabetes, which is the kind of diabetes that people get. So, or, you know, overweight people. So that's always a concern. Of course, heart disease, cardiomyopathy. Uh, some of these big cats might have some Maine Coon in them, some of the Persians, and they might be uh, prone to certain things like that. So I think a good physical would be in order. The only thing, that, I mean, at this age, I would like to see sort of the slow transition, maybe even by settling with 50-50, by the way, to a senior diet. Because only we do want to cut down the protein in the diet. It makes it easier on the aging kidneys. By the way, one of the number one diseases afflicting our older cats is going to be kidney failure. Another thing we see often in older cats, but it doesn't seem to be the case in a big cat like yours, is hyperthyroidism. But then again, if we had that, we probably would have a cat that's losing weight much faster than you want based on the hyperthyroid status. So I think that's probably a safe bet that we don't have that issue to deal with now. So I would start with the good physical. If everything is really just perfect and he's 11, but he tests like he's six, then stay where you're at. 
if you wanted to put them on a low senior diet, I would slowly increase or add, gradually add in a good senior food. Talk to your veterinarian about it. And as like I said, at this age, you know, 11 for a cat is not super, super old. We're not really geriatric yet. We're, we're moving into the adult, senior adult status. So it wouldn't be a bad idea to start on a food that's a little better, easier for them to digest, easier on their kidneys, but still having a lower fat. And interestingly, because of the fact that most senior pets are slowing down, they're not exercising as much, most of those foods are lower calories already. So um, I think that would be a, a wise thing. Do you get a chance? Is he indoor or outdoor or just indoor? He does both. He, he does both. All right, look, you're pro- if an, as an indoor outdoor cat, you're probably going to get as much exercise as you probably can out of him already. I mean, the problem is with many of us, especially with those of us who live in big cities, I have six cats. They're all indoors. And, you know, obviously the biggest challenge is getting them to exercise because, you know, they want to graze, they want to eat. Most of us, uh, do you free feed or do you have mealtime? Um, no, he, he has dry food available all the time. Right, right. And that's exactly what we do. We do a meal in the morning and a meal in the evening, and then they have the dry food to nibble on all day. So, and I think that's pretty standard. So if you've gotten down to 16 and now 15 and the veterinarian says that, you know, that's a good weight for your cat, obviously a fairly good size frame cat, then yeah, I would just, uh, the only reason I would switch is not necessarily for the weight issue, but because at 11, we're starting to get into those early senior years and it might be just good to add in, not necessarily switch completely. And I think down the road, four or five years down the road, it'll be easier to continue that transition to the all senior food if he's already kind of used to it. So that uh-huh. wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay. That's All right. Good. And um, starting to think about that. I know you, you have to. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. I don't know if you've been listening in. Have you ever had dogs or just cats? I haven't had dogs for many years now. Okay. So as a cat owner, cat lover, how many cats do you have? Just the one? Just one. Just one. Ever been bitten uh-huh. by a cat? No, not really. I mean, oh, good. maybe a little baby, you know, kitten that was yeah, yeah. a little bit, but not right. really. Yeah, just, and just, you know, while we're on the subject, uh, we were talking about, you know, people and approaching strange dogs or cats. And, you know, one thing you notice about funny, and, let's, and I'm glad you called in with a cat question. Cats are really funny because you can have, and this happens, cats have a threshold. I wouldn't say all cats. Many cats have a threshold up to which they will actually tolerate being petted. In fact, they like it. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, in the middle of the petting, when they reach that threshold, they are going to turn around and they're either going to try to grab you with all four mm-hmm. feet and pull their hand into you and start nibbling on your wrist or your fingers, right? Or they're just going to right. turn around and give you a whack. Yeah. Um, I've had so, enough. oh yeah. And that is a cat thing. You know, you get the dog rolled over on the belly, right? You could sit there for two hours. The cat, you yeah, could sit there the- maybe for 20 seconds and all of a sudden, oh my God, I've had enough. And boy, don't they let you know it. And as yeah. bad as bad as dog bites are for everybody out there, cat bites are way worse. They seem to have much more bacteria in the mouth. I mean, personally, you know, when you get that little nibble, I don't worry too much about the dog bite. I'll wash my hand with soap and water for superficial little scratch or whatever with the teeth, and I'm done. Maybe a little neosporin on it. Done deal. Cat? Oh, my God. Get out that antibiotic. Get out that augmentin of the clavamox and start, you know, going to town because cat bites can be pretty bad. Anyway, thanks for the call. (laughs) Okay, and uh, anytime you. you listen, if you can hang on, I'm going to get some information or Mark in the studio will get some information from you and we'll send you out something really special for your kitty. And uh, okay. as a caller, a good ProSense product, one of our sponsors. As a matter of fact, speaking of sponsors, we are, uh, it's time for a, a commercial break. So thanks all for listening. 877-385-8882. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more bites. We're going to talk about plastic surgery for dogs. And I want to hear from you. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Join the dog ring revolution! If you love your dog and want to take them everywhere you go, now you can with Dog Ring. Dog Ring is a hands-free way to include your dog in more activities and give you the freedom to take your dog almost anywhere. It's a safe and easy way to secure your dog. It clips around trees, posts, and poles in seconds. It's lightweight, portable, and strong. It has a free-sliding leash which allows your dog to run around without getting tangled up. Perfect for parks, picnics, barbecues, camping, lounging outside, and furry fun adventures everywhere. Now you can be part of the Dog Ring Revolution. Visit thedogring.com and sign up for our Kickstarter campaign. Registration is now open. Go to thedogring.com. That's thedogring.com. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on possum gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. wonder what it would be like to live in a perfect world for cats? I'm Pamela Merritt from The Way of Cats, long-time cat rescuer, full-time cat appreciator. Join me and my cats James Bond, RJ, Olwyn, and Tristan in a perfect world. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com So welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I am Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio. Just having a blast today. We were talking about dog bites. I was so intrigued by listening to the conversation from the show just before us from uh, Deb Wolf. And, you know, a lot of great information. And, uh, you know, don't be timid. Now, you know, let's, while we're on that subject, let's talk about what do you do if you're, say, at a park or you're out in public somewhere and you see an aggressive dog or dogs? And how many stories have we heard about, you know, the two dogs? And by the way, when you see two loose dogs running and seemingly uh, aggressive, that is worse than the one. And the reason for that is it sets off sort of like a pack mentality. You're much safer to have just the one that you can deal with. Two, not just because of the strength in numbers, but they seem to feed off of each other, pardon the pun when it comes to dogs, but that 
could make it worse. So some of the things that might work when you're dealing with one dog may not work as well, sadly, when you have this pack mentality. But a couple of things that you can do. First of all, and you've heard this before, don't run. Because what happens is that now it becomes a predator-prey instinct that sort of will click into that dog. And trust me, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the, the world record holder in the mile. You will not outrun a dog. So you just have to know that they can catch up to you and they will want to if you're running. Number two, don't challenge, meaning don't look an aggressive dog in the eyes because to them, that's a threat. Number three, if you really think you're going to lose this battle and this dog is tough, bend down, crouch down, kind of put your hands covering your head, your face, stick your face like down into your, in between your legs, and um, hopefully some help will come. If you're not much of a threat, maybe the dog will stop. Here's the best thing, however. Dogs don't necessarily have great depth perception. In fact, I'll take it one step further. They have lousy depth perception. So if you look around where you are, if you are close to a wall, even if it's the end of a brick wall somewhere, a tree or a parked car, lean up against one of anything you can because a dog doesn't realize that you might be standing now, even if you're up against the wall, there might be eight, 10 inches, really you're in front of that wall, but to the dog, they don't get it. To the dog, you are literally part of the wall and obviously a dog is not going to lunge for a wall or lunge to a tree. So they will sit there, they might park themselves in front of you, and they might be barking and salivating and growling and showing their teeth, but it's less likely that they're going to take that lunge. Just be very still, and again, don't look them in the eye. So those are just some tricks to avoid being bitten by a dog, and you should try, you know, teach your kids the same thing. The biggest mistake people make is they start running around, hands flailing around, and you know, that's like an invitation to the dog to say, okay, come and get me, come and get me and bite me. So uh, be really careful out there. So um, anyway, again, I want to hear more stories. I mean, I'd like to know if any of you out there that work with animals, especially, or just even if you don't, even if you're just a pet parent, how many of you have been bitten by your own dogs? That's a good one. I'd love to hear about that. Send me a response and, and send me your information and we'll go ahead and um, talk about that at a future show. How many listeners out there have been bitten by their own dogs? I mean, I have. It's not the craziest thing in the world. I, I, when I was little, I mean, I've done some really stupid things. As I said, stepping on a sleeping uh, Doberman is really not the smartest thing in the world. But, you know, sometimes it's just my aunt had a dog, for example. And of all the breeds, and those of you that have this breed, and I have two of them, can certainly appreciate, his dog was a yellow Labrador. And he was the sweetest, the most fun, the greatest dog. I mean, literally would lick you to death. Major tongue, okay? But he had a bone. And I'm talking this one bone that he used to play with. And darn it, you could not get near this guy when he was chewing on his bone. And I'm talking even me, and I got along great with him. Anyone, my aunt, her family, my cousins, nobody. That was the one time. His name was Bicentennial Barnabas. They got him back in 1976. They called him Barney. And you could not touch this dog when he was chewing his bone. It was off limits. And it was really funny because A... A Labrador, they'll usually get up and start licking you because they know they're going to probably get another bone. But it was very interesting. So I want to know who out there of our listeners, and hopefully there are quite a few of you listening today who are afraid to call us at 877-385-8882 or send me a question at drjeff at petliferadio.com, who's been bitten by their own dog. 
So first of all, it's been really busy at work. I've had some really, really good cases. Sadly, one of our splenectomy cases, actually, I, I think I told you we had two. One that I thought was going to be disaster came back benign. The other one, which did come back malignant and started treating. And uh, this poor girl, she started to metastasize. And it's the hardest thing. And you know, the dog is 12 or 13. So I mean, I, overall, it's, it, it did fairly well. But you know, it's tough because it's a dog with, uh, in a family with two small kids. And uh, it's really, really, I mean, it's always tough to say goodbye. It's always tough to deliver that news about a dog who's coming out of remission or, or the tumor that we knew was going to metastasize finally is and starting to create some havoc in the liver and more bleeding, et cetera. But uh, to have to break that news to kids is really, really tough because they, they don't understand it the same. So it's really sad. But doing a lot of media work, in fact, we're going to try to post a, a segment. I just did a segment on our local ABC affiliate here in Los Angeles. I have one coming up next week on our one of our local stations. It's a CBS station. It's called KCAL Channel 9. And I'll um, work on a few. I'm coming into New York, actually, in a couple of weeks to do another segment. But I'm getting a lot of interest in something that, that obviously many of us do and have done for a long time. And for some reason, I think it's because of all the Housewives TV shows, you know, the Housewives of Dallas and Housewives of Miami and Housewives of New Jersey and, and Los Angeles, Housewives of New York, but plastic surgery for pets. And TV producers, news producers are so intrigued at the whole concept of plastic surgery for pets. Like, oh my God, why would a pet have plastic surgery? So I often have to sort of put the brakes on and say, time out, time out. We're not talking cosmetic surgery. We're talking pure, the purest of the plastic surgery, which is plastics and reconstructive surgery. When in veterinary medicine with pets, our biggest concern, our primary focus is going to be on function. So much so that we will often have to sacrifice form in order to achieve that function. As an example, let's take one of the common surgeries we often do, and it is skin fold reduction. That means we have such deep skin folds, say the perfect dog would be a bulldog or a Sharpay or a Frenchie, a pug that have so many folds around, say, their face or their neck that we continually get deep infections within these folds. And you can treat them and you can drying powders and antibiotics and anti-itch and, you know, collars, whatever the case may be. But the inherent problem, the fold is still there. So even though you solve the problem today, a month from now, or longer, maybe even shorter, it's back again. So we have to do, and obviously, especially with a dog like a Sharpay, certain bulldogs, one of the things that they're being bred for are these big, big folds. I mean, what's a Sharpay without all the skin folds? So, of course, in order to remedy this problem, we're going to have to remove some of those folds. We're going to have to take this beautiful prized Sharpay, and in my book, it'll always be beautiful, but make him not as beautiful from the Sharpay perspective, from the skin fold perspective, in order to correct the problem once and for all and to eliminate these persistent bacterial skin fold infections. So that's a perfect example. Another thing we're doing, and I'm doing one um, next week, is called entropion surgery. And entropion is an eyelid surgery, and it's an inward rolling of the lids, and the lids continually rub up against the eyeball, causing persistent conjunctivitis, drainage, discharge, etc. And it is so uncomfortable for the dogs. And certain breeds, the Chow again, the Sharpay, the Rottweiler, even some Labradors, are notorious, the Bulldogs, for their entropion. So we, uh, we'll, we'll be doing one next week. So, you know, the key is that when it comes to people and just, you know, I, I was joking about all these housewife shows because they are so willing to make themselves uncomfortable, to have more difficulty breathing or moving, right? 
in order to, with they in their minds, look better. Personally, I don't think it usually looks better. So whereas our goal is we don't really care about the looks, we care about the function. And that that goes the same thing for dental work. Do you realize that we, I shouldn't say we because I don't do it, we would refer to a veterinary dentist, but there is an entire specialty in veterinary dentistry that will work with dogs' or cats' mouths and they will put braces on and apparatuses that will help straighten the teeth and again, it's not for that prize-winning smile. Dogs aren't going to smile for the camera. But what it is for is to allow them to eat properly, allow them to get with the energy that they expend on trying to eat to actually get that food in the mouth and chew it more efficiently. And I know it's, it's a – or sometimes eliminate infections. So there's so many things that we can do now that we understand that cosmesis is not the whole problem. It is that, that we're trying to improve their function. So again, it's always that battle between form and function. So anyway, it's that time. Boy, I'll tell you, it goes really fast. I want to thank our caller. I want you uh, guys to you know, sort of get the guts to send me an email. And, and the, the offer holds, if you send me an email and I discuss the email online, that ProSense product is still coming to you. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. And I'm Dr. Jeff signing out for Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.